Welcome back, baseball fans, to this Father's Day edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. We are in season two. This is going to be episode seven. So today we're going to talk about best ballpark food. So either the best food that you've had when you were at the ballpark or around the country, some of the food that we think is kind of top notch and maybe in that area, you should definitely try. With the All-Star game fast approaching, we're going to talk about the top veteran players to have never made an All-Star And We kind of went with this as somebody that's maybe been in the league five or so years, a little bit. And they've actually just never made it. They're, they're a notable name, but they've, they've never quite made it to midsummer and to call it the all. Then we're going to talk about uh, possibly being on the chopping block, obviously, with Joe Girardi and Joe Madden being fired recently. Uh, is there anybody else on the chopping block? Is Larusa next? What's going on? Uh, is there a new era in baseball right now? Are some of these older veteran managers going to be gone by the wayside and we're hiring some new blood? We're going to talk about the standings as we always do, where everybody's at. The NCAA tournament is in full bloom, so we're right down to the scores and state. And then we're going to finish it with one fact about baseball that you guys do not know, but we're going to share it with you. So starting off, let's talk about food. Jeff, what are some of the best ballpark foods? So when you go down to Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark, there is plenty of good options, but Obviously, the number one for me is Skyline Chili. It's a love it or hate it food. Uh, you can get it in spaghetti, in a three-way, as we call it, chili, noodles, cheese, and you can also get it in a coney. So those are the best foods for me, uh, but also notable for the Cincinnati area is the Montgomery Inn barbecue. And when you go to the ballpark, there is an area called Mr. Red Smokehouse. When you go there, you can actually get, it's called a barbacone, which is a waffle cone filled with mac and cheese, pulled pork, and drizzled with barbecue. So that, that sounds like everything I've ever wanted in life. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> a dream. It's like, like, can we just make a road exactly. trip right now? Let's stop the episode and go make <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's so good. It's so inventive. I love it. Uh, another sweet and salty treat that they have there is called the Rookie Cookie Fry Box. So you get a little box of fries, and it is topped with marshmallows, a chocolate drizzle, and crushed Oreos, and it's like a dessert fry. So it's that sweet and savory, same thing. So that's also, like, top of the list. So Great American's definitely the best food of any ballpark I've had. We're going to make a trip down there, but definitely that's, that's <laughs> in the next year so. All right, moving on to Dom, what uh, what are some of the treats that you like at the ballpark? What is some of the best food you have or some of the best you know, things to eat? Well, I'm pretty basic. I usually stick to, you know, being at a baseball game to stick to a hot dog and, you know, maybe some peanuts or something. But um, there was a couple of times at Progressive Field up here in Cleveland where I got like they have like a bunch of different food vendors, uh, like local restaurants, and they have like a whole section of right field where each vendor has like their own food stall. And there were a couple of times where I got like Ohio city burrito and melt. Um, you know, melt's pretty famous for like their, you know, giant grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, those are always pretty good. Definitely a heart attack between a couple of pieces of bread, but it's definitely worth it. Um, but I guess if I were to like rank the stadiums that I've been to based on their hot dogs, cause that's really all that I've had, I'd probably say progressive field be number one. PNC Park being number two, and then probably probably Peco Park number three. 
Okay. All right. So if you're if you're so, listening, yeah. go to Cleveland for the best hot dog. Probably a little recency bias since you know I'm 20 minutes away from the ballpark, so I can go a lot more frequently than going to Pittsburgh or any other stadium. Well, if anybody's ever listened to the show, they obviously realize that we do we have our biases when it comes <laughs> to parks and teams. So you know we're, we've never hid that. <laughs> Jeff's the Reds guy on the Red Sox, and you're the uh, the mm-hmm. Guardians. So it's always going to be that's true. And I'm going to stick with that because I'm going to stick with Boston's, uh, the Red Sox at Fenway Park, the Boston's cold lobster roll. So it's served at Fenway Park. It's a classic New England style. It includes, you know, um, meat, the, the mayo, celery, and it's it's got lemon sprinkled on it, some chives on a brioche bun. It, it, but it's got to be cold. I'm telling you guys, if you want hot lobster rolls, you're in the wrong state. You're in the wrong city. You got to go up to Connecticut or something like that for hot lobster rolls because it, it needs to be cold and when you're in boston well, I thanks for the tip yeah I definitely gotta, I'm, I'm going there in august so I, that's definitely going to be on my list of things to try yeah that definitely you're, you're not going to miss out and if you love lobster it's your mm-hmm. i'm going to throw it with the uh texas uh and the rangers they've got this thing called the texas boom I was doing my research and I looked at all. I thought that this thing was just phenomenal. It was named after uh, Nelson Cruz. He was on the roster. And this thing is two and a half foot all beef hot dog smothered with nacho cheese, jalapeno, caramelized onions, like a potato bun. And that's it. the thing comes in at three three pounds of a hot dog monster. I feel like that can be on man versus food. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> How many of those can you put down in, in one sitting? That was, <laughs> that was definitely. Uh, on my list of like if, if i ever get there I'm, uh, i might have to sit by the emts after that right so moving on we're going to talk about the veteran players to never make an all-star team dom i'm going to start with you on the one who has not made it but sh- so my pick he's not really he's he's retired he um played in the 2000s the 2010s guy named by the name of juan pierre he played 13 seasons, had a career 295 batting average, 517 RBIs, and 614 stolen bases over his career. He was one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball during the prime of his career. But it, I, I think he only had like 20-something home runs in his entire career, so he, he never really was a big name. Um, but he was just a solid player, got the job done, and affected the game in more ways than just power numbers. Well, uh, what position player was he? Uh, outfield outfield and then yeah uh, what team uh quite a few different teams throughout his whole career um i don't have a list in front of me but he was definitely one of the one of the better definitely one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball he was one of the fastest guys in the league for the longest time i mean talk about 614 stolen bases that alone if you look at somebody like ricky henderson or something like that that wasn't power getting the ball out of the park but the stolen bases with a batting average of 295 that's that's pretty substantial that's not something to shake a stick at so mm-hmm. that that's actually really surprising that they never quite made it how about you jeff who do you have so i've got byron buxton you know when you think of the twins in recent years i mean he's kind of the face of the franchise it's kind of hard to believe that he's never made an all-star game yet uh, obviously he's very injury prone but so far this year he's been healthy only missed a handful of games. Right now, he's already matched his home runs for the entire of last season, 19 home runs, 33 ribbies. Matched. Actually, he's already surpassed what he had last year with his RBIs. Uh, he's 
about 900 OPS right now. So I think this year with him finally being healthy, especially being in the outfield, since there's more outfielders that get into the all-star game, that he's got a fighting chance this year. Yeah, that, that's definitely, I mean, we'll mention that because for sure he was definitely on my, haven't quite made it, but this year she was like a, a solid year for him. Yeah, for sure. So I am going to go with Andrew Benatendi. He's a left fielder for the Royals. He's batting a little over uh, 300 now. He's got a strong, um, OB, you know, veteran guy. He's been in quite a long time. He was part of the, he's actually, this was surprised me, I talked this earlier today, that he's one of the only um, Red Sox players that were on that 2018 World Championship team that have not made an all-season in that starting lineup. Um, even Jackie Bradley Jr. made it in 2006. Um, on that downward slide of necessary, you know, age and and I don't want to say it's having a great year, so poised to get it this year. Honorable mentions from you guys. Yeah, I'd have to say uh, Julio Urias. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's already his seventh major league year. Uh, he's only 25, but he's never made it. Right now, he's killing it. He, he's got uh, 2.56 ERA right now. He's got 62 strikeouts so far this season, and you know, last year he actually hit 20 wins. So pretty impressive so i wouldn't like to see him make it as well yeah i'd agree with that i it's hard to believe he's been in the league for that long to, now mm-hmm. wow yeah yeah he de- he definitely deserves to be in last year was great this year he's he's started off slow but he's really come around the last couple starts well, my uh over mention and i know we actually talked about this guy uh during our early mvp uh talks or but but uh <laughs> CJ Crone, first baseman for the Rockies, you know he he was in the, uh, Anaheim for a while and obviously followed Trout and Pool, you know, and now he's he's been all around with Tampa, I think Minnesota, Detroit, um, but he's really found a place in Colorado, just maybe that stadium alone. So you know he has a real chance of being the first player in that club to hit like more than 45 uh, home runs. Todd Helton did it in like 2001. It's a stacked first base position when it comes to the all at the start get the nod maybe the um the coach's choice you know because they always have a few choices but he's definitely staying make sure you guys vote uh, that'll come out pretty soon. maybe these guys maybe we can moving on to our third topic obviously if you've been living under a rock that uh, joe girardi joe madden uh, you know we talked about it last uh episode and then i said you know joe madden could be next and then two days later was it jeff that uh-huh. he uh he, he did get fired so and then we kind of just thought like who is next on the chopping block? Uh, is Larusa next? Because uh, he's not having a stellar year. I think they're two games under 503 right now. Um, and is this a new era in baseball? Are we seeing some of these veteran, veteran older managers so starting to be let go? And you know, newer players, younger guys, guys like Gabe Kapler and stuff like that. Are they the future? Um, going down the road. So, Dom, I'm going to start with you. I mean, out of all the managers right now, I do think Tony La Russa is the most likely to get fired next, um, just because of how the team is underperforming and the lineup on paper that they have. They should definitely be a lot better than they are. Um, a couple of the other managers, you know, uh, I, I, I give the, the Reds manager some credit just because of how bad the team is. I don't think it's not necessarily all his fault. Um, he can only do with so much of what he has. Um, I, I do think that we are starting to seeing the changing of the guard. Um, I was looking at a list of the ages of all the managers right now, 
And I'm seeing more 35 to 40, even into that 50 year old range than I've really ever seen before. And we're, we're seeing a shift towards, you know, those older guys that have established careers as a manager and we're going towards younger, um, I guess, less proven, but high potential managers. Okay. All right. Jeff, what about you? Yeah, I agree with Dom. Uh, I think this definitely is at least the start of the changing of the guard, as he said, um, it's starting to see these veteran guys kind of leave. I will say, I think the angels will regret uh, firing Madden. He definitely was not all of the problem there, losing some guys to injury. And now even more tough news with Rendon being gone the rest of the season. But yeah, LaRusse is definitely on the hot seat as well, especially if you've watched the Chicago game these past two weeks and you'll hear the crowd chanting, you know, fire them, fire them. And it's hard to believe, like he said, that lineup on paper going into the season, I thought they were the easy favorite for the AL Central. And instead, you got the Twins and the Guardians ahead of you now, and you're under 500 this far into the season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him gone by the All-Star game. Yeah, I was uh, I was really surprised uh, that when Dom said that you know, the average age of, of some of the managers right now is about in that 30 to 35, early 40 range. And it's really too, you're, you're just seeing a lot of these guys are gone. And I think that's good. It needs to happen. I think fresh blood and fresh ideas always happens. And my guy, I'm, I guess I'm looking at is uh, Scott Cerveris, uh, the Mariners. Um, they've actually probably actually might fin- finish with a better uh, run differential than they did last year um, when they went out. But he, he just hasn't been, they've, they've lost all, almost all of their series throughout the, so far. So, I don't think he's going to get fired, but I think because they have a really good relationship with uh, President of Baseball Operations Jerry Diplo. So uh, I don't. Uh, he he was definitely about David Bell and the Reds and Bruce White He's kind of third on the list of with their uh, they're twenty nine and thirty nine right now. So we'll see over the next few uh, months who's actually going to be to stick around. Most managers, if they make it past the all-star break to keep their job, at least I think I read only two players, one or two coaches have ever have been fired after. I'll have to look that up. Moving on to our standings portion of the episode. We're going to start with the American League East. We've got the New York Yankees just demolishing it. They're just phenomenal. 49 and 17. They're nine and one over. I'm, I hate the Yankees, but it's fun to watch. Uh, we've got Toronto with a 38 and 28. Uh, they're five and five in their last 10. We've got Tampa Bay, 36 and 30. They are three and 10 in their last. Um, we've got Boston over that 500. They're 36 and one and they're six and four in their last 10. You got Baltimore at the bottom with 30 and 38, six and four in their last 10. Moving on to the American League Central, you have Baltimore, or I'm sorry, you have Minnesota at 38 and 30. They're five and five in their last. The Guardians at 34 and 28 and two in their last 10. Dom, look at that. They're, they're, they're on a little bit of a hot streak. On a roll. They just yep. took two or three from the Dodgers, and I'd love to see it. We've got the White Sox at uh, 31 and 32. They're playing 500 ball. Detroit. 26, 43 and seven in their last 10. And then you got the Royals finish two record there this year, but they're five and five in their last 10. Moving along to the American League West, Houston sits atop at a 40 and 25 record. They're five and five in their last 10. Angels are 33 and 36, also five and five in their last 10. 
You got Texas at 31 and 35. They are five and five in their last 10, so some 500. Ball. Seattle is 29 and 39. They are three and seven in their last finishing out in 45 record in their last 10. Moving on to the National League to be the Mets at a 24 record, two and four in their last 10. Atlanta, a little bit of a hot streak. They are eight and two in their last 10, sitting at a record of 38 and 29. You got the Phillies at 36. They are seven and three in their last 10. And you have Miami at 29 and 35, at five and five in their last 10. And you've got the Lee Washington at a 24 and 46 record. They then the National League Central has got Milwaukee at 38 and 30. They're five and five, and they're tied for St. Louis for also 38 and 30. They're six and four in their last 10. Pittsburgh is 26 and 39. A little bit of a slide, two and eight in their last 10, along with the Cubs at a 25 and 41 record. They're also in their last 10. And you've got the Reds doing better than we expected, at least at the beginning of the season. They surpassed the wins that we expected. They are 23 and 43, but they are 37 in there. And then moving along to the National League West, you've got the Dodgers 20 and 25. They're five and five in their last 10. You've got San Diego 41 and 27, also five and five in their last. You've got the Giants 37 and eight. They're seven and zone is 36, 32 and 36, five and five in their last 10. And the Rockies at 30 and 30, and they're five and five in their last 10. It kind of seems like a lot of teams are, are playing some 500 ball recently, except for if you, you've got the Guardians, you're pretty good. Then the Braves, uh, everybody else is kind of slumming it. Or what surprised you the most, Jeff, uh, of the standings so far in the baseball? Yeah, going to credit the Guardians for sure. They've been playing pretty well, and they're about to get uh, Framiel Reyes back, so another power bat. So their pitching's been great. Their bullpen has been fantastic. Very impressed. Didn't really expect too much out of them this season. So, especially with the White Sox sliding, they're their spot to take advantage here. I think if things were to end today, they actually just took the spot over the Red Sox for that last uh, AL spot. Uh, the New York teams are killing it. How fun would it be to see a Subway Series World Series? <laughs> Me, yeah. Mets and the Yankees are super impressive. Uh, I mean, 30 games over 500 for the Yankees, that's ridiculous. And it's not even, and I mean, I know I talked about it at the beginning of this segment. It, it, they're not doing it. It's not like, I don't even know how to describe it. it, it they're not they're close not, games. They're not close games. They are just, and they're playing lights out. They, they're hitting the ball. They're just playing phenomenal baseball. They are excellently coached. You know, Aaron Boone is, I always thought he was a good coach, and, and he's just showing how great of a coach. Not just a good coach. He's turning into that that greatness of a coach. And like you said, Jeff, you stole my thunder a little bit. Having a Subway Series would just be, I think everybody's, it's what everybody wants, it's what everybody wanted to be. I think that, but what about you, Dom? Um, sticking with the Guardians, this team is has been so impressive this year. Um, going into this year, I figured they would be kind of in between where the Tigers and White Sox are right now, kind of hovering around 500 to below 500. You got a lot of rookies in this lineup, and they are playing so hard. They're, you know, they're winning games that I didn't think that they would win. They're developing a lot quicker than I thought that they would. This team reminds me of like those 2014, 2013 Indians teams that, you know, they developed their young core that eventually took them to the World Series in 2016. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that in this team right now. Um, 
whether they make the playoffs this year, I don't know. But I am really hopeful for the future of this team. Um, again, the Yankees, so impressive. I figured they were the best team in baseball going into this season, but they're even better than I thought that they were. Uh, this is probably one of the best teams that I've ever seen. But one thing that I am really interested in throughout the rest of the season is watching this race between the Cardinals and the Brewers for the rest of the season. Because right now they're, they have the exact same record, and I don't see either of these teams really falling off. I think this could be a race to the final day. I knew I should have gone first because it's still my thunder on that. That was going to be, <laughs> that was going to be my, like how just close that and how amazing they're all. The, you literally like took the words out of my mouth. Like this could be the, <laughs> the last day of the season type of, of, of standings. And, and Great minds think alike. I don't know what yeah, to tell yeah. you. Yeah, next time I'm going first. <laughs> uh, you know, I gotta say, I gotta put it with the, the American league East, you know, even though Baltimore is at, at 30 and 38, you know, that's still not not too off, far off the mark of playing 500 ball. Um, so that whole division, um, at the beginning, obviously, we saw the, the Yankees just off the gate. We all knew. Um, and then Toronto and Tampa have been kind of, you know, mixing back and forth a little bit. Um, in the, that second and third spot and, and, and Boston, I think, dropped all the way down. But, you know, they're all, all but Baltimore's playing 500 ball and Baltimore's, you know, fairly close um, with 30 and 38. And then I know we talked about this at the very beginning, but the, the National League, Colorado's 30-37, but again, the, the whole debate. Move on to our NCAA, the 2022 NCAA Men's College World Series at Charles Schwab Field on Nebraska start June 17th. Uh, so I'm going to kind of run down a little bit of the Texas A&M and Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma beat them. And you've got Texas and Notre Dame. The shocker of everyone is that uh, Texas that uh, Texas lost phenomenal. Um, they are playing actually right now, and it might be end. I have to look at Notre Dame and Oklahoma are playing right now. The game you had Texas A&M and Texas uh, going at it um, for the game nine. That's Tuesday, June twenty first, uh, one p.m. game on ESPN. And then in bracket number two, you had Stanford and Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas came in on that, and then you had Auburn and Old Miss. Old Miss came away with the win, five to one on that. And that game, the Monday, June 29th, I believe, at 6 p.m. Also, the semifinals game 11, I believe, is on Wednesday, 22nd, 1 p.m. And then the men's college rules will be game one will be 25th. Game two will be, if necessarily, be, uh, all 6 p.m. except for p.m. That's so, guys, look forward to that. You know, throughout the 26th round, men's and all right, moving on to our final segment of the night is one fact about baseball something that you guys might not have known we're going to share it with you today so dom i'm gonna let you go first what's your one fact about baseball uh, you're trying to stump us there you go again <laughs> yeah, i am un- unknowingly muted myself again okay so there's a guy jamie moyer right he w- when i started following baseball in the early 2000s he was already one of the oldest players in the league played 25 years Throughout his entire career, he he faced eight point nine percent of every batter to edit, like to ever play in Major League Baseball. So I read it out of like the nineteen thousand players that have played Major League Baseball, he had faced one thousand seven hundred different batters throughout his entire MLB career. By far the most out of any player in Major League history. I mean, that's like being close to ten facing. 10% of all major league batters. That's yeah. 
1,700 different batters over 25 years. Wow. I don't want to look at the stat or maybe of, of who. Or yeah. Or I mean, that, that stat's him. impressive, but the fact that he pitched for 25 years is also very impressive. Yeah, it's a long time. Different era back there. I mean, we, we talked a, a little bit about Nolan Ryan and how many uh, you know batters or how many people he's faced in his career. And then I think we talked about a little bit about uh, we thought that Nolan Ryan held the record for the most pitches thrown in the series or thrown in a game. We were wrong that the pitches ever thrown by somebody. 360 pitches in one game you know, in 1920. Kadroy, uh, something like that. So pitchers are a different breed now. They, they're not as – they can't go as, as far. So that that's amazing. That, yeah. All right, Jeff, what about you? What's that one fact about baseball? All right, my question for you guys is how many teams in MLB history have had multiple immaculate innings in the same game? So first define immaculate inning. So nine pitches, three strikeouts. All right, so how what many team times, had the most? Or how many times does that happen? How many teams have ever had multiple immaculate innings in the same game? In the same game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that's that's tough. I I, I want to say only one or two. Yep. So there's actually only ever been one, and it just happened this last week. Really? The Ast- yes. The Astros, when they played the Rangers this last week, it for the first time ever in MLB history, I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Uh, through two multiple or through two immaculate innings in the same game, uh, Luis Garcia had an immaculate inning in the second. And Phil Maton had one in the seventh. And even crazier, both innings, they faced the same three batters. <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up. <laughs> the odds of that are astronomical, but the fact that it was the same three batters both innings. Right. It, and it's never wow. happened before, ever. Like, ever. Never before. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe it. First time I'm ever in MLB history. Speechless on that. Right. It's almost like I can't believe that that's that's true. Like that, what? <laughs> yeah, I never happened before. And then the, like, man, my mind is blown, guys. I I, I don't know even know what to say. <laughs> I'm a little flabbergasted. My, my mind's not as cool as that. But okay, I guess I'll go next. <laughs> so, how many players do you think have had two hits in in a in one game? In how many have started? Two hitter. Uh... I'd have to think it'd be a pretty good amount by now, right? Yeah, it's probably a yeah. pretty good amount. How about how about having two hits in two different games? That's happened, right? Mm-hmm. All right. How about having two hits in two different games playing for two different teams? I I think that would be pretty rare. Yeah. yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's only happened once. So Joel Youngblood is the only major league player to get two hits on two different teams on the same day. As a member of the Mets, he played in an afternoon game against the Cubs, got a hit. After the game, he was traded to the Expos. They had a night game. They played the Phillies in Philadelphia. He got a hit then. Okay. That's that's insane. Because now the player gets traded. They got to go through, you know, physicals and you know, I guess acclimate to the to the clubhouse, and then they're playing like two weeks later before they you finally get to see the player. And they were like, what? "Here's your best pass. Good luck tonight." Right. Yeah. What what year was this way, trade? 
this had to expo, so it had to be pre ninety, you know, ninety ish or so. So um, I, I didn't know the exact year of it, but yeah, two hits. Wow. Two different games, the same day, two different. I I feel like that's that's something that we will definitely never see again. No. <laughs> Just too bad for fantasy. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I looked at that and I was like, that 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 can't be true. Like, what? That is really that really happens. So, wow. Good for him. Good for him. He's the only one to ever do it. <laughs> All right, that does it for this edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. I want to thank Jeff and Dom for joining me again for this episode. Make sure you check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Amazon. Uh, just you know, make sure you download it, but like and subscribe. And until next time, we are out. Baseball is America's pastime. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of On Deck as much as we have. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at deep.dive.sports. Or download us through Amazon, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. As always, we are On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.